1: we are closing out our final installment in our collection of talks called Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. And I'm really excited to close out this conversation today, because number one, these last few weeks have been immensely helpful for me. It's been one of those collection of talks where man, I'm speaking to myself in the mirror just as much as I'm speaking on a Sunday. And today, if you want to get your notes out, we're going to close out this morning. And the real power of this collection of talks, I want you to know, is that God has set up a table for you to experience him and know him. I know sometimes we can start to give into the false belief that God is far away and doesn't want anything to do with us or because of our past or maybe because of some of the beliefs and doubts that we even have in our mind that God wants nothing to do with us. But I'm here to tell you today that God has set you up a table that looks really nice and he's sitting on one side and he's ready for you to take a seat because he loves you and he cares for you and that invitation is for you that chair is pulled out for you that seat has your name on it but just as much as god is real there is also an enemy who is real now i wrote in my journal this week that yes the enemy satan the devil whatever you want to call him he is our enemy yes the enemy is real but he is defeated he's done jesus has defeated him on the cross through his death and resurrection And when I say death and resurrection, what I mean is that Jesus gave his life for you and for me, and he walked out of that grave alive in three days because of the love that God has for us and because of this forgiveness and freedom that Jesus purchased for us. I want you to know that God is willing to go whatever length that he has to, to let you know that he loves you. God is willing to do whatever he has to, to bring you back into his family. God is willing to do more than enough to reach you and speak to you today that he knows you, he knows what you've been through, he knows what you're going through, and he simply wants to welcome you back home into his arms and say that I've loved you, I've always been there for you, there is nothing that can separate you from the love that I have for you. And we can experience and know that today. I think about it this way, I, I, be, I keep experiencing this in my life, right? The more I grow as a father, my one son is four and a half, he's dressed as a bumblebee next door right now in local city kids. We just had our second son, Teddy, who is a month and a half old now, and it's awesome. And what I've learned is that as a father, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to love on my sons. As a father, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to provide them a home and let them know that this is a place they can feel welcomed and cared for. It's why you see on our signs that it says, this is home and welcome home, because that's what God has for you. It's the reason why tomorrow, I gotta clue you in on a little family conversation we've had at my house. Uh, I was asking Shepard what he wanted to actually be for Halloween tomorrow, because we're gonna go out and do some trick-or-treating through the neighborhood, because we love being a part of our neighborhood. And I asked him what he wanted to be. And he said, I want to be an apple. And I said, Shepard, you're almost five now. Uh, Are you sure you don't want to be like, you love the Sonic, the Hedgehog movies. you sure you don't want to be Sonic? Do you want to be a superhero? And he said, no, I want you to be an apple. And I'm like, okay. But it didn't stop there. If you've ever met my son, you know he is too smart for his own good. And so he said, "I I want to be an apple. And then I want Teddy, our new son, I want him to be a caterpillar and I want you and mommy to dress up as pears, like the fruit, two pears. One of his favorite books is The Hungry, Hungry Caterpillar. If you've ever read that book, you know the caterpillar eats all these foods and the last few things are two pears, one apple, and then the caterpillar becomes a butterfly. And so tomorrow, I am dressing up 34 years old, I am dressing up as a pear tomorrow and walking around with my son who's dressed as an apple and my other son who's dressed as a caterpillar. Why? Not because I suddenly have the inclination that I want to be a pear. Not because I'm really excited to do it, but I am excited to be there for my son and create a memorable experience for him. Yeah, come on, we can give that up. We can share for God, we're not sharing for me, but I do appreciate, I have words of affirmation when it comes to my love language. But the thing is, why I'm doing that is because I love my son so much. Not because I love dressing up, it's because I love my son so much. And everything that I'm gonna talk about today, I want you to realize, it's not because God wants to do all these things. It's because God loves you so much. It's who he is. That's what we've read in Psalm 23. And and today, the, the title of the message is that God has set this table And I want you to know that that's clear, that's true. But the real question is today is why is the table here? Why is the table even here in this place? What is the significance of its location? And you may ask, well, where is it actually located? Well, scripture, the Bible tells us, the guy by the name of David wrote Psalm 23, and here's where he tells us that table is. Starting in verse five, it says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me, By anointing my head with oil, my cup overflows with blessing, and surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. It says you prepare a feast. Other translations say you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. So I want you to know God has prepared a table for you here, and it's in the presence of your enemies That's where our conversation is going today. Let me give you the first thing, write this down. Why is it in the presence of my enemies and my difficulties and my storms and problems and situations? To let us know that God is in the middle of it with you. To let you know that God is in the middle of these things with you. Constantly throughout scripture, you see Jesus in the middle of it, right? When people bring accusations toward a woman caught in adultery and they're ready to cast stones at her, Jesus is in the middle between the rock throwers and the one who is being accused saying let he who is without sin cast the first stone standing in the middle of the hurting and the one who is trying to do the hurt you see when Jesus gives his life he's crucified between two thieves a sinner on his left and a sinner on his right in the middle of it I want you to know whatever is surrounding you right now whatever you're going through God is in the middle of it some of us have more going on in our life than maybe the other person but we still got stuff and we still need God to be in the middle we still need that encouragement we still need those arms open wide that hold us together when nothing else can it's to realize that God is involved in our life it's to realize that God is interested in what's going on and what's happening and David continues to write in the book of Psalms in Psalm 34 this is where we'll kind of be living today in Psalm 34 verse 1 Here's what he says. Let me get a, my Bible out for you so we can read it from there too. Psalm 34 verse 1 says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord and let all of our helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together first thing I want you to realize, man, there is nothing more freeing and powerful in our life than when we choose to simply praise God at all times, in the mountains and in the valleys. It's, a, it's not a secret. It is, it is the step that God has invited us to take. But I love what else it says right here, and this is the invitation for you and I today. It says that, "'I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart.'" Now, what does that mean? Well, it's our second point of our conversation today, and that is so that people can see and hear that God is with us. So that people can see and hear that God is with us. People need to see in our life that we don't give in to what's around us, that we are not swayed to the left and right by what's happening in the world, but that we have a God who is sitting at our table in the presence of our enemies, and they can see that and they can hear that. That's where we're going today. And would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me one last time as we open up our message. Father, we're so thankful again that you are with us and that you've prepared this table. And God, I pray that whoever may be in this room today that needs to know that, God, we would open up our hearts and listen and lean in. God, everyone here in this room, including myself, would be reminded or know for the first time that we can experience you in a real way. We're so thankful for your love and your hope that you give us that's available to us, the invitation that's there. And God, I'm so thankful for all of our kids next door, all dressed up, looking good. I pray for our kids team as they teach kids about your son, Jesus, and as they can have fun in church. We love being able to pour in to our next generation, Lord. We're so thankful to have fun today because that's what you can do. We love you, Lord. We do, we just give you this time. And I'm thankful, Lord, that it's a stress-free Sunday. Uh, Cause the Bucks game is over. Don't have to worry about today. In Jesus' name, we all say, "Give me a good, Amen, Amen." I know it's been a little stressful out there. A lot of things going on. But hey, we're in church today. Don't have to worry about what's coming this weekend or this afternoon. But I was thinking about that last statement when it came when it comes to this idea that the tables in our in the presence of our enemies. So we can so people can see and hear that God is with us. And people are seeing and hearing that God is with us right now. Do me a favor, would you give a nice shout and round of applause for everybody that's with us on local city church online today? We're so glad that you're with us. You can see us, you can hear us. Let us know in the comment section where you're watching from, whether you're watching online today or on demand. But the second thing I thought about: have you ever been out to dinner before and you've been sitting at the table, kind of like this, and you know, whether you're on a date with your spouse or you're out with friends and you begin to realize that there's something going on at the table next to you. Maybe there's some heavy drama going on or the couple's breaking up or there's some rich gossip going on next to you, right? And you're kind of leaning here, but you're also like, oh, oh, that's great. Oh, wow. He did what? Oh, she said, wow, what? What? can you believe it? And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, there's some stuff going on over here. Sorry, I'm just distracted by what's going on at this table over here. Now, it may just be me, a problem that I have being a nosy person, but I think it's a situation maybe we've all been in or witnessed before. Now, in a positive way, that's the way our life should tell other people the way about our relationship with God, is that when things are going on, when difficulties are happening, or when we're living our life, they lean over and they think, wow, well, that person's got a lot of stuff going on, but they're still having a conversation with God like he's really present in their life, like he's really in the middle of it. Wait, with that, 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 that's happening to them? Those, those people have hurt them or turned their back on them, and they're still trusting God? They're going to church, and God's doing what in their life? They're giving, and he's using them to do what? Wow, that's crazy. Like they begin to lean in and hear the testimony of what God is doing in your life. And they begin to see that maybe God is different than who I thought he was. Maybe God is closer than I thought he was. And your very life, your very conversation with God at the table begins to overflow into the lives of others so that people can see and hear that God is with you. And here's the thing today. Today and Sundays and our relationship with God, it's not about what God can do for me. It's about me understanding that God is all that I need. It's about me understanding that God is all that I need. Turn to the person next to you, give them a little elbow and say, hey, God is all that you need. God is all that you need. And then turn to the person that you ignored the first time and tell them God is all you need on the other side. Let them know. God's all you need too. He's all that we ever need. He is more than enough. God has never let anyone down, and he's not about to start now. God has never let anyone down, and he's not about to start with you. Can I get a good amen, if you're thankful for that today? This is what we lean into, is that God is more than enough, and he's all that I need. He is the one that brings true fulfillment and true satisfaction. I heard it a long time, time ago, that I remember my youth pastor giving a message about how God is not a vending machine. We like to treat God like that when we walk up and say, hmm, oh, yep, yeah, E7 looks good. Boop, you know, it falls down but that's not a relationship with anything that I want to have because that's just a one-time thing. It's not, there's, no healthy, there's no healthy things in a vending machine, I don't think. Last time I checked, it's not good for us. It satisfies that quick, immediate need, but it's not enough. It's not all that I need. It's not the true, again, fulfillment that only God can provide. And there's people in Scripture that knew this, and David is one of them. The David I'm talking about today is the David from David and Goliath who slew a giant, who was blaspheming God, who was talking destructive things about God's people. And David said, ah, not today. These are lies. This is an enemy, and I'm going to take him down. And in that, in that story, it, symbol, it symbolizes how Jesus is the hero in our story, taking down those lies and those enemies in our life. And David begins to unpack this throughout the book of Psalms. And again, continuing on in Psalm 34, here's what David says. It says, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. Maybe that's something that all of us need to hear today is that when you pray, God answers you and hears you. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. I like that word. Radiant sounds nice. I would love to wake up tomorrow and head out to the coffee shop and someone in line just say, hey, you look radiant today. And I would respond, thank you so much, but it's not any of the self-care stuff that I did this morning. It's the fact that Jesus is with me. I've given my life to the hope that has a name, and that name is Jesus. Now, that may seem goofy and superficial and overly spiritual, but it's the truth in my life. I just got to tell you that. The only reason I can wake up day after day in the thick of it and in the difficulties is because my life overflows with the joy of Jesus. Not the joy of success or acceptance or my own performance, but the joy of Jesus. Come on, we can give Jesus a little bit more praise today because that's good. We like to have fun and be loud in church. It's okay. Here's why we celebrate those things. It's because no shadow of of shame will darken their faces. One of the weeks that we talked about was that you can be free of guilt and shame in your life. And what does David say? In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. Not when I had everything put together, not when my life made sense, but in my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all of my troubles, for the angel of the Lord is a guard, He surrounds and defends all who fear him. I want you to know that God wants to put protection around your life today. God wants to put protection around your family. And in the presence of your enemies, God wants to be all that you need. In the presence of the most difficult situation you may face right now, God wants to let you know he is all that you need. In the midst of fears and doubts and misbeliefs, God wants to let you know, hey, I'm listening, and I'm more than big enough for your questions and concerns and fears and doubts, but I just want to let you know that I love you, and I am all that you need. He is our Heavenly Father. Jesus is our friend who sticks closer than a brother, and there are things in our life that can rob us of this. Last week, we talked about this idea of entitlement, right? That sometimes we can think that we deserve this, but one of the biggest things the enemy will use at your table is to let you know that you deserve this or to clue you in on that maybe you're owed special treatment, which is not true. just want you to know that. I didn't deserve anything. But here's what we wrote down last week is that God doesn't owe me anything, but yet he has given me everything. God doesn't owe me anything, but yet he's given me everything. I, I was talking with my wife about this the last couple of weeks. Um, Adrian's like my safe place for critiques of culture that I have. I just do that a lot. I kind of like, you know, sit down and kind of some just sometimes just talk and have long diatribes about what I observe. And I was talking to her the other day about how I wish I was growing up, not all the time, but I wish I was growing up in the age of social media, like through middle school and high school and early college. Now, I feel like I definitely was protected from some of the, a lot of the stresses and anxieties our kids go through because of social media. But there's one thing that I'm like, man, that'd be nice to do. And I don't know if you've ever seen this before. Maybe you've done this. If you have, that's okay. I still love you, but I find it interesting. It's that on people's birthdays, that they will unapologetically and unashamedly screenshot their Venmo or cash app and post it on their story and be like, yo, birthday, hit me up on Venmo. Yo, birthday, send me some love on cash app. I'm like, bro, I don't even know you. I just followed you because you followed me. Like I'm not sending you money, but people do it like unashamedly asking for money. That is the definition of entitlement. Like I've done nothing for you, but it's my birthday, so you owe me i like, man, I, I probably would have done that. Now I'm 35. I could use some of that Venmo. I got two kids now, but you know what? It's okay. But it's funny how that stuff takes over and it can become just regular attitudes that we have. It will rob you of what God has for you. Now, that's a little small thing, but the big idea of entitlement, these pocket entitlements about, about things that we have and perceptions about God, I mean, God doesn't owe you anything, but yet he's given you everything. And here's what David begins to say or continues to say in Psalm 34, starting in verse 11, I believe. Actually, it's verse 5. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not taste and see that the Lord has you have to do all these things or that he's pressuring you. It's taste and see that the Lord is good and oh, the joys for those who take refuge in him. Honestly, the one thing I want you to leave with today is joy. And what is joy? Choosing that, man, God loves me and I may be going through some stuff in my life, but I can have joy today. I would love for you to leave with some hope today, really realizing that hope is not a feeling or an emotion that you have to chase, but hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. And you can give, it, give your life to him today, and he will take care of you, and you can taste and see that he is good. Come on, if you tasted the goodness of God in your life, give me some thankfulness today because that's what we do. That's what we celebrate. Let's keep going. It says, fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will once again have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. Maybe that's you today. You feel strong. You feel like a young lion. You're feeling good. At some point, life will kick you in the gut. At some point, you will be in a valley of difficulty and darkness. And it's in those moments you need to realize that those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you some practicals this morning. I just want to encourage you. I want to also give you practicals for tomorrow because what we experience on Sunday should influence our Monday. And here's how this can influence your Monday. Four quick things of how we can remind ourselves and the four reasons that the table is in the middle. I'm going to list them out real quick and then I'll unpack each of them. Number one, so that I can know that God is enough. Talked about that today. Number two, so my others, all of us have others in our life, can see that God is enough. Number three, so my cup can overflow. And number four, so people can ask, who is at your table? As you're writing those down, let me unpack each one for you real quick. The first thing is, is once again to know that God is enough. There is nothing more encouraging, I'll be honest with you, local city, there is nothing more encouraging in my life or in your life when you sit down at the table God has prepared for you, and you just take in all that he has to offer, and outside the table, man, it's crazy. Maybe you've seen that meme of the little dog sitting at the table, and there's this fire and brimstone going all around him, and he's like, this is fine. Well, kind of, that's what our relationship with God is like. Yes, Chaos can be happening. Hell on earth can be happening around us. But at the table, it's fine because God is with me. It's like this protective force field around you that the force field is, yes, invisible, but you see all those things. Yes, their storms are really happening. Yes, those attacks are coming at you, but they cannot touch you. Because you're sitting at the table with your heavenly father. You're sitting at the table with the God who created the universe. You're sitting at the table with your savior, Jesus, who conquered sin and death and the grave above everything else. So I can know in the midst of difficulties and craziness and chaos, God is still and will always be enough. Amen, local city this morning. Okay, good. Yes, just you can tell I'm excited about it. Then I haven't had any candy, and I'm still excited about it, right? Second thing is this, so my others can see that God is enough. Now, that's an interesting word, worded sentence, but it's intentional. You have people who are observing your life, especially if you, if, you, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. People are observing your life and how you respond to things, how you handle yourself. We all have, a little, we have, all have these specific my others in our life that are observing our table, those people who are leaning over even if we don't notice it. And the one thing I want for my testimony, my witness, my speech, my social media pages, I want them to see that God is enough, not only for me, but for them as well. I want them to know that there is a seat at the table for them too. I want them to know that whatever you're going through, man, God can be there for you. I unpacked with you last week about how insecurity and shame really attacked my life almost to the point of where I considered taking my own life. But it was in those moments, Jesus stepped into my life. And I don't share those with you to feel, oh, woe is me. No, I share it with you because, hey, if you're going through that, I can tell you God's enough because I've been through that. You've Maybe you've walked through things like separation of relationships or difficulties of anxiety or stress or fear. Maybe you've walked through a season of doubt, but God brought you through it because, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow and death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. Now you can tell that person who's about to give up, hey, don't give up. God's with you. He was more than enough for me in that situation, and he can be enough for you right now. And if I can do anything to help you and pray for you I'm going to do it because at this table God's more than enough and God's got a table with your name on it too we have to let people know hey God's got a table with your name on it reserved ready to go we gotta let them know that this table exists and it's there for them But where does our job come in as followers of Jesus? Now, listen, if you're in this place and you just came for the candy later or you just came because you got invited, man, we're so glad that you're here. We truly do believe that this place feels like home. We'd love for you to take a step and cross that line of faith and give your life to Jesus. But no matter what, this is a place where you can belong even before you believe. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, number three is very important for you. And that is so that my cup overflows. Now, what we've talked about is in Psalm 23, when David says, my cup overflows with blessings, it means two things. And here are those two things. I told you the first one a couple times during these talks. The first one is that back in biblical culture, you would fill someone's cup with how long they were allowed to stay. So if they gave you you just a drop, you knew that was a quick visit. This person doesn't like me. It's just a check-in. I'm getting out of here quick. But if your cup overflowed, it meant, hey, stay as long as you want. You're a guest in my home. That's what God wants you to know, that your cup overflows, that he is not in a hurry. He is not in a rush. He wants to hang. He wants to hang out. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to listen to what's going on in your life. But also, is at any good date that you've been on, you've got to give him time to talk too, and to speak about the blessings that are in your cup, right? We've all been at those conversations where we can't get a word in edgewise, and we're like, this is the first date and the last date with you because I have not said a word. You've been talking all night, right? It doesn't work that way with God but it does overflow because he is not in a hurry. But here's the thing, local city, that we have to understand is that when our cup has begun to overflow with the things of God, I mean, God takes the living water that he has, the living water of Jesus, and pours it into our life. And he takes it from his unending supply and pours it in. And what he asks us to do is to look at it and say, hey, I know that I've poured my life into you. I know that I've blessed you, but I got you, to, I have to, you have to understand that now you are blessed to be a blessing. So here's what you have to do in your life. You can't just sit here because this is not true fulfillment. I know it's scary to pick up what God has for you and and maybe give it and invest it in someone else, but there's an empty table over there with someone who is desperate for a touch from God. There is an empty table of one of your others in your life who is desperate for some prayer, desperate for an invite to church, desperate for some help, desperate for someone to see them, and what God has called you to do is to take that overflow of blessing and carry it and place it on the empty table and say, you know what, God, I know that you had that for me, but my one goal right now is to overflow and be a blessing to someone else, that I'm blessed to help somebody else, that I am blessed that God has changed my life through his house so that I can invite someone in to this house to experience the freedom and forgiveness of Jesus, that yes, someone's table may be empty, but I believe I have what they need and I can pray for them and I can speak encouragement to them and I can speak life to them. And remember, when you focus so much on serving and loving God and loving people, God will then provide for you when you didn't even see it. He'll bring it back out, and when you get back to the table, what you had is right there. But you can never experience that until you let go and, and overflow with blessing. You can, expe- you can never experience the faith of, well, God, I'm taking I'm taking what you've given me, and I'm just living with an open hand of generosity and giving it to someone else. There's so much joy when you turn back and realize, whoa, I didn't even see. I didn't even see God do that. You saw David come out and put it there. I I know you saw it. But spiritually, we know it's God that brings it back out and places it right in front of us. It says, hey, I have more than you need. You're always going to have enough. You're always going to be able to be a blessing. And it may seem like, remember, the table was empty for a little while. But that's where God steps in. That's where God shows up. That's where God truly is God. That's where you can realize that man, my cup is overflowing, not to hoard it all and, be all about myself, but to let that overflow bless someone else. But to take what God's given me and give it to someone else. That's the power of praying for someone. And you don't have to be a seasoned Christian to pray for someone. Can you talk? You can pray. Can you think? You can pray. Can you move your hand like this and put it on someone's shoulder? You can pray for somebody. And God, if you pray like, oh God, I pray that you would help them and their family right now. (laughs) They're going through something. Uh, Maybe heal. God's not like, wow, they... (sighs) they did not pray hard enough. No, God says the, even a small prayer can make a difference, that faith the side of a mustard seed can move a mountain. All you got to do is be able to provide the seed. And sometimes that seed is realizing, man, I, I have all that I need, but there's someone over there. There's probably people in your life, in your neighborhoods, in your workplaces, in your friendships, on your social media pages that are desperately looking, walking through life with an empty table and one invite or one share of what we're doing here at Local City could change their life forever. Not because we're trying to bring people in to say, look at us, but because we're trying to bring people in to say, hey, look at Jesus. Look at what he's done in our life. And I believe your life can be changed in this house because it's changed my life. There's an empty seat next to you, not for comfort, but for the calling of, man, I need to fill that seat with someone. Because we are never going to lose sight of we are called to reach people, that we are called to love God and love people and overflow. Because at some point when we live that way, when you continue just to drop off that overflowing of blessing at those empty tables, someone is going to step into your life and do number four and say, hey, who's at your table? And that's when you say, nobody but Jesus. It's nobody but Jesus. He's the only one that could do this. He's the only one that could save me. He's the only one that could redeem me. He is the only one that could reach down in that deep, dark pit and pull me out. And guess what? All of that he's given me is available to you. He has a table with your name on it as well. He's got a seat with your invitation on it as well. And I just want to do whatever it takes to bring that hope of Jesus, that hope that has a name, into your life and into your family. To let you know that God is real. To let you know why the table is here. And sometimes it's in the presence of our enemies where our testimony even gets stronger. Because it's when people say, you're going through a difficult time and you're still going to church? You just lost your job and you're still giving? Things are going crazy and you're still serving God? Why? Because where else would I go? What else am I going to do? He is all that I need and he is more than enough. And it's in those conversations, I promise you, people will say, well, it's got to be real then. Because it makes sense when God's answering all your prayers. Like, of course you follow God. He's doing everything you ask. Which that will speak to people. But what also speaks to people So we're going through the troubles, going through the difficulties. And we keep walking through the valley of sin and death and darkness, knowing that God is with us. That speaks to people too. It gives them an example to follow. Because here's what I want you to know at Local City Church. Our goal is to let people know that, hey, you may not believe in God yet, but you can see and hear the kindness and joy and hope that we have as a community. And we believe one day you're gonna realize it's not about us, it's about Jesus and our kindness and our joy and our encouragement will lead you to experience the hope that has a name. Will lead you to know that you have a seat at the table with Jesus and with your heavenly father, God. Now, when you ask who's at your table, local city, it's always only been Jesus. And when someone comes into your life and asks that question, you can confidently answer them. Who is at your table? It is, it is Jesus. I'm going to read, I'm going to invite the band to come up as we begin to close. I'm going to read this last verse for you. Finishing up Psalm 34, verses 17 through 20. Here's what it says. It said, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. And the righteous person faces many troubles. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time, for the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken. I want you to know that each time you need God, he will be there. Each time that you call on him to rescue you and help you, he will be there. Each time that you call out with the name of Jesus, he will provide hope and encouragement and strength, and he will let you know that he is all that you need, and that he is with you, and that you, you will never be forsaken or forgotten when you give your life to him. It's the power that we celebrate Sunday in and Sunday out. It's the power that we walk with Monday through Saturday. It's the relationship that we have or that we have access to or that we're invited to take part in. I want you to know that this whole thing is about relationship. And if any of what we've done today has spoken to you, I want you to know the invitation is real and it's there and you can step into it today. God is more than willing to dress up as a pair on Halloween for you. God is more than willing to walk the streets and get pointed at while you're dressed as an apple because he simply wants to be with you. He simply wants to let you know, hey, this is my son and I'd do anything for him. This is my child and I'll do whatever it takes to love on him and care for him. So when other people say, hey, why are you doing that? Oh, it's because I love him. And it's when my son walks through the neighborhood tomorrow night, he can say, hey, this is my dad. I Man, he loves me so much. That's what people want to see. They want to know, they want to see in your life that you know God loves you. And you walk with the confidence because he's walking with you hand in hand. He's with you. He is not far away. He is close. And yet, even when you throw up, hey, birthday day, hit me up on Venmo, God's like, sure, it's your birthday. I'll do that for you. And he did that with more than just money or or good things. He did it with his son, Jesus. He did it with the thing that valued most to him. And the enemy would would love nothing more than to convince you that isn't true. The enemy would love nothing more than to lie to you and defeat you. So to some of this conversation today, and right before we celebrate and have fun, with some Kona ice and bounce houses and candy, I want you to let you know, once again, don't Give the enemy a seat at your table. Don't do it. There is no seat at this table that has the enemy's name on it. When he comes in there with those lies, when he comes in there with that defeat, when he comes in in your life with that darkness, you tell him, hey, enemy, seat's taken, nah-ah, bro. And you remind him that, yes, enemy, your lies, and these truthful things, they're real, but they're defeated because of Jesus. When the enemy reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future, which he has forever eternally defeated because of what Jesus did on the cross. Don't give him a voice in your life. The last thing is this, is that don't miss out on your invitation to linger with the King. I love that word. I've been writing that down in my journal a lot this week. That I'm not in a hurry, God. I'm ready just to be patient and trust you. I'm ready, to, I'm ready just to sit at this table and hear from you, and hear from you, and, and listen to what you have, and, and hear the blessings that you have, but also hear of the future that you have, and hear of that the best is yet to come for my life. That when I feel afraid, when I feel that those past mistakes coming in, you remind me that I'm forgiven and set free. I'm not in a rush when I'm at God's table, because I know this is all that I need. Can I encourage you today, local city? Slow down. Let go. Sit down at the table that has the God of the universe sitting on your side sit down at the table that has your best friend Jesus ready and willing with open arms to love on you and let you know why is the table here because I'm in the middle of it with you no matter what if that encourages you today come on give me a good amen as we stand up and begin to close
0: thank you so much for joining us on the local city podcast want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow it to go deeply into your heart let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Local City Church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to localcity.church. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.